0: Hey everyone and welcome. This is episode number 39 of Your Questions, God's Questions. It's been a little while since I've done one of these, uh, but you can take a look at them. We This is now the 39th episode on uh, Facebook, on our website at citypointchurch.ca, and we're also on the Podbean and Apple Podcast. Uh, audio platforms as well, and we've just started a YouTube channel So this is a Facebook premiere or YouTube premiere as well that we're putting on here You can subscribe to our channel or to uh, Podbean or Apple podcast to get notifications with new content and so on So this is epi- episode number 39 and I'm going to deal with a question that's very relevant for today Because this is the day before the United States presidential election. So the question we're going to try to answer is, who will win the election tomorrow, which is November the 3rd, 2020? And this is a very, very often asked question. This particular moment in the history of the United States is a big one. There is so much polarity, so much emotion, so much division, so much anxiety, so much stress, so much worry, so much fear about tomorrow and about who is going to win, and it extends beyond the people of the United States. Over 90 million of them have already voted. Uh, That's triple the size of our nation, of Canada. Um the fear, the anxiety, the worry, the distress extends beyond them. There are many people in Canada who are very concerned about this election, and uh, the, the name, just the name of Donald Trump evokes so much tension, and so much emotion, and so much division, and so much polarity. Um, it's it's quite something. So I've had many conversations I'm sure you have as well, if you're watching this, about this very subject. So we're going to try to answer this question uh, and see what the Bible has to say about it, okay? Uh, Before we get there, I would uh, make a couple of announcements for you. We normally uh, stream our Sunday mornings. Again, we're on Facebook and we're now on YouTube. We're at 10.15 a.m., uh, but we post it as well on those pages and also on our website, citypointchurch.ca. We continue to do that uh, until there are changes in our province. However, on November the 15th, our normal location, Cineplex Quartier in Brossard, is giving us a kind of special dispensation to meet there on the 15th of November. We're going to have two services, 9.30 and 10.30. Uh, because of the limitation of twenty-five people per service, as per the provincial mandate, and so uh, you do have to pre-register to attend those things in person. Uh, if you have received an email from me, it has all the information on how to pre-register. If not, you need that email from me. Just text the key phrase "reach the one" with no spaces. Reach the one to five one four nine zero zero. That's 514 and I will get that email to you so that you can get on our list and also pre-register for that service on the 15th of November. Now, uh, to our question, who will win the election tomorrow? Um, a few observations before we get into the Bible. Uh, first and foremost, I have seen scores of, of uh, posts, blogs, articles, videos online about uh, supposed prophecy uh, with regard to who's going to win the U.S. presidential election. I've seen many uh, pastors, evangelists, teachers, so-called prophets, make statements, and all of them are consistent, and they all are predicting that the current president, uh, Donald Trump, is going to win a second term. This makes me very, very nervous. As a Christ follower and as a pastor, it makes me very nervous. Not one of them, I haven't seen one anyway, that has uh, has predicted that Joe Biden will win. And this makes me nervous because uh, if Joe Biden does win the election, What does that say about all of those prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors, writers? Uh, What does it say about them? And what does it say about the God that they claim to prophesy uh, about uh, in his name? We're talking about people making predictions in the name of Jesus, in the name of the God of the Old Testament. And if those predictions do not come true, that says something either about God, either God got it wrong or the prophets got it wrong. But in either case, it still makes a bad uh, impression, especially on those who are not uh, believers and so on. They're going to wonder, well, I guess your God doesn't know, or I guess your prophet doesn't know. Uh, So we've got to be very, very careful of this. Um, Predictions that are made in the name of Jesus that are false make someone a false Profit, And that's a very, very dangerous place to be. So I'm concerned about that because I see so many prophetic utterances. Not one of them talks about uh, Joe Biden winning. They all say that uh, the current president will be reelected. So that's a source of concern for sure. Um, Second of all, uh, this particular president has had an enormous following as strong support uh, by uh, evangelicals in the United States. And I actually uh, did a video on this, and why is that? Um, And some of them have attempted to draw parallels with certain people in Scripture and the current president, specifically uh, the ancient Persian king Cyrus. And Cyrus was famous because Cyrus brought the Jewish people from, uh, Babylon back to Jerusalem, and, uh, Daniel was in that lot, and, uh, he, the exiles, uh, when, um, uh, the Babylonians conquered, uh, uh, Jerusalem and Judah, they, they exiled, uh, people to Babylon, and, um, uh, Cyrus, the Persian king, famously brought them back, and, um, so there's there's this supposed parallel that people are trying to draw uh, with the current president and the ancient king Cyrus. At one point, God actually calls Cyrus his anointed one, his Messiah, his Christ in the Greek, um, because he's going to bring the Jews back to their homeland. Uh, uh, someone in the U.S. has actually minted a coin with Cyrus on one side of the coin, and the current president on the other side of the coin as if to say that they're the same and there's a famous cylinder that we found in archaeology about cyrus and his um, uh, habit of doing this he would do this with many nations not only with the jewish people Uh, this is a very dangerous parallel to try and draw we do not see uh, the current president bringing the exiled jewish people back to Jerusalem. Uh, yes, he has made some pro-Israel policy, uh, but that's not the same thing. And so there are people who have tried to draw this parallel, and this is an extreme. This is a dangerous way of interpretation and application of the text. It's a a sort of a hermeneutic gymnastic that's being done there, and that can be a very, very dangerous thing. Thirdly, the, the Bible does not specifically address the area of the united states of america nor does it address canada it does not address us over here in our part of the globe because it was an unknown part of the globe at that time Uh, the the specifics in a geographical sense in the bible do not extend to north america (coughs) excuse me and so we got to be very very careful while there may be some principles that can apply to any nation at any time uh there are not specific things that are stated about the united states of america um in in the pages of the bible so there's some things we need to be careful of now who will win the election tomorrow daniel chapter 2 uh this is daniel uh he's one of the exiles in babylon very famous story chapter 1 chapter 2 you have um a a sadistic um king uh, in Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian. He has a series of very, very disturbing dreams, and he goes on a bit of a rampage to have those dreams interpreted. He thinks that there's some supernatural sense to them. And so, uh, fast forward, Daniel's the only one who can figure them out, and he, uh, the king sets this incredibly high bar. He doesn't tell his interpreters what the dream is. He tells them that they have to tell him him what his dream was uh and this requires a supernatural knowledge uh which of course daniel ends up getting from god and so daniel's able to tell him what he dreamt and daniel's able to give an interpretation to the dream and before he does that he says uh to uh king uh, nebuchadnezzar this is in um Daniel uh, chapter 2, and we're going to pick it up at verse 20. Okay, a little bit of Bible study for you here as we get into this. Um, And he says, uh, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. This is kind of the opening statements from Daniel before he gets into this dream. But look carefully at verse 21. He changes times and seasons. Some of you, you're getting your winter tires put on now. You know he changes times. He changes seasons. And in the same fashion, he deposes kings and he raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. What is Daniel observing? He is saying that God is, I'll use this term, sovereign. He reigns. Over everything. This is his justification, his foundation for what he is about to reveal to the king about his dream. But the principle he deposes kings and he raises up others is a principle that extends. To the believing world, so at that time, the people who worshipped Yahweh, the Jewish people, or God-fearing non-Jewish people who worshipped Yahweh, but also even beyond the worshippers of Yahweh. Because Daniel is in front of Nebuchadnezzar, a definitely pagan king, uh, and he is saying to a king, He deposes kings and he raises up others. So he's saying to that king, there is one greater than you who has the power to bring you down and to bring another up. What are you saying, pastor? You're saying that Trump is coming down and Biden's coming up? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that God is sovereign even over non believing kings even over the non-believing world this is daniel's premise as he's going to interpret this um dream now then uh we see this stated in other places in the bible as well Uh, i'll give you a couple here psalm 75 uh, 75th psalm here Uh, verses 6 and 7. This is wisdom literature here. Uh, And so here's uh, sort of at the middle to the end of this psalm. No one from the east or the west or from the desert can exalt a man. But it is God who judges. He brings one down. He exalts another Say almost the exact same observation about God from uh, the psalmist. This may well be. Uh, sorry, this is Asaph who is writing here in this psalm, uh, number seventy-five, and but the same observation as Daniel: God brings one up, God brings another down. And remember, we're not talking about a democracy in the ancient world you didn't have democracies, you didn't have millions of people lining up to cast their ballot in a democratic society. You had uh, these ancient kings, basically what they would often do is their firstborn son would be the next king, and so on, and so on, and so on. I mean, uh, in, in the Jewish um, history, first king uh was the kings would be anointed by god but you see a lot of problems with the kings if you look at the books of kings and chronicles you see a big mess in terms of kings i mean uh look at um you talk about some of the first kings you look at king saul uh you look at king solomon um problems um so we've got to be understanding that today is not uh, Two thousand, three thousand years ago, uh, they didn't have what we had today. We have the privilege of democracy and casting ballots. These people did not, and yet they are told. Yet Daniel is observing, even as he is in a pagan land with a non-Hebrew um, king. He is observing. God brings one up, God brings one down. So the sovereignty of God. Extends to the believing world, those who follow him, and the unbelieving world, those who don't follow him. This is the premise. Am I saying that one of the presidential candidates doesn't follow God and the other one does? No, I'm making a general statement about an observation that Daniel made and that the psalmist Asaph made. Uh, Another passage of scripture for you. I'll go there in my electronic Bible here. This is Romans chapter 13. And verse 1, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. This is the same observation that Paul is making, that Daniel made, that Asaph made, and Paul is in a context of the Roman world here. This is a letter to the church in Rome. You've got emperors who are definitely not followers of Jesus. They want people to worship them as God. You're not talking about democracy there, and yet Paul is saying there is no authority except that which God. God has established. So the point being, he is sovereign over the affairs of those who love him. He is sovereign over the affairs of those who do not love him. How does he do that? I don't know. It is not detailed. It is not explained. But it is a general principle that God has a way and he operates over human History. He is sovereign reign. He reigns over everything. Ultimately, it is by his permission, it is by his knowledge that these things happen. Uh, So this is a very, very important principle. Who's going to win tomorrow? I don't even think we will know for several weeks who will have won the election. Because of the mail in balloting and the delays in counting and so on, we could see a repeat of what happened a couple of decades ago. I think it was Bush and Gore at that time, and it took weeks and Supreme Court, and I think it was the state of Florida, and on and on and on it went. So I'm not going to make a prediction as to who's going to win the election, but at the end of the day, when the dust has settled, whoever ends up being the leader of the United States is going to be there by God's permission, by God's sovereign power and ability for reasons that we may not fully understand. But that that individual will be there ultimately because in God's sovereign plan, that's who he wanted there. And that's the way that history unfolds itself because of God's sovereignty. He reigns over all of it, the believing world and even the unbelieving world. That's how powerful he is. Those are the observations that Daniel made, that Paul made, that Asaph made. You can see Job also making those observations and they're very relevant for today so my counsel to you uh maybe you're you're maybe you're voting you're uh, in the u.s and you're watching this pray you're in canada pray pray that the will of the lord would be done so we'll see what the what the results will be but uh keep on keeping on and keep focusing in on god he's the one who we need to be following in these strange, strange days. So until we meet again, either on Sunday or at another episode of Your Questions, God's Questions, God bless you.